Here's an urgent alert from the Student Loan Hotline. The average student loan debt is $25,000. Have you been out of college for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? If you are struggling with paying off your student loan, if you are past due, we can help. Nationwide Student Loan Relief can now restructure your student loans. We can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop harassing collection calls, and even eliminate your student loan payment. If you can't afford your student loans, or if you're past due and you need help, you must call right now. We will restructure your loan or your money back, and that's a guarantee. So call the Student Loan Hotline right now. You're listening to Sports Econ 101, the show where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Bruce McGowan, longtime sports radio personality. Now, today's show, who's going to be our guest who's been on before? Yeah, a good friend of mine. Uh, we worked many years together uh, off and on, uh, side by side, not at the same station, but we did get a chance to work uh, for the same station the last six years at KGO in San Francisco. Rich Walkoff, longtime Bay Area radio sports announcer, and we've got some fun stories to share today. All right, good, good, good. We'll uh, also talk a few things here. You know, Kyle Schwarber got sent down to the yeah, minors. That's kind of a stunner. Yeah. And how about the A's cutting loose Stephen Vogt? Vogt you know? yeah. yeah, good player. But, yeah. You know, these things happen. Yeah. I mean, life is of... life is unfair, as John Kennedy once said. Yeah. Some men get sent to Vietnam, and some get to uh, go to San Francisco. <laughs> hey, well, guys, let me jump what? in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Rich, Kyle Schwarber is batting one seventy one, and. and even vote is not batting his weight. Yeah, you're right. It's uh, you know these it it's performance. It, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. That's right. That's right. That is true. So uh, also, we, you know, talk about stuff like you know Vince Carter wanting to join the uh, Warriors and uh, have the Warriors created an NBA trading frenzy. Wow! All right. All right. So uh, this segment of Sports Econ 101 is sponsored by Pacific Private Money, providing mortgage investments that are currently yielding. Now they just raised it actually. Oh, Last great! Day, instead of seven and a half, it's yeah. been up to seven and three quarters percent. Secured by real estate, mostly in the San Francisco Bay Area. Doesn't get any more conservative than that. you got to check them out at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Today's uh, trivia theme is going to be baseball, the first 50 years. Oh. I want to see if you guys know the answer. When you say this. first 50, you mean like from <coughs> when baseball first started in the 1830s or when baseball? No. Like uh, 1900s. 1900s to 1950s. Yeah, something kind of close to that. Because the major leagues as we know it started in 1903. Can you believe that? It's been 114 years. Man. Rich and I have covered almost all of it, haven't we, Rich? Uh, back in all eight, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. That's right. That's when the Merkel, ball Merkel's boner. Merkel's boner. I remember. Nineteen oh eight. You remember that? Christine, yeah, you were there. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's when the ball was uh, square. Yeah. All right. Don't touch that ball. Don't touch that ball. Don't touch that tile. <laughs> Sports Econ One Hundred and One. I'll be right back. Yeah.
This is Mark Honf, co-host of Mortgage Investing 101. Did you know that you can earn, year in and year out, returns of 8% and more on your savings and retirement accounts? Mortgage-backed investment strategies such as trustee investing and mortgage pool funds can do just that. Since 2008, clients of Pacific Private Money have consistently earned high yields on their investments. Find out for yourself how you, too, can profit from these real estate-secured investments. Call 415-883-2150 or visit our website at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Invest in some fun this season with this deal from Paintball Tickets. With the largest network of paintball fields in North America, Paintball Tickets is committed to bringing you high-intensity fun for a fraction of the cost. With the purchase of your paintball tickets, you'll receive free admission and equipment rentals to some of the most played-at paintball parks nationwide. And by partnering up with like-minded, safety-conscious paintball fields in thriving markets across the nation, we've ensured there's always a field close to home. These tickets, which can be purchased in bulk, are designed to fit the needs of every skill level, from casual observers to weekend warriors. This adrenaline-inducing sport is perfect for birthday parties, corporate team building, or a casual outing with friends. Make the right choice for your wallet. Get in on the fastest-growing action sport with this deal from Paintball Tickets by going to sportsecon101.com and clicking on the Play Paintball button. Life. It's made up of the simple day-to-day moments that keep us all running on full, full of joy, passion, and restlessness. It's singing full on to your car radio with the windows wide open. It's a whole bunch of early morning rush hours and a few late-night runs for Rocky Road. It's full of pit stops and drive throughs It's life, and we live it between Phillips at Valero. Valero top-tier certified quality fuel keeps your engine running cleaner, better, and longer. Find a station near you at ValeroCleanGas.com. At Valero, we believe life gets lived between every fill-up. So whether you go down the road on two wheels or four, whether your Wednesday night is spent racing to the grocery store or down a track, and whether you're dropping off the mail, the pizza, the kids, or all of the above, we're here to make sure you're never running on empty. Valero top-tier certified quality fuel keeps your engine running cleaner, better, and longer. Find a station near you at ValeroCleanGas.com. To get to sleep. Tom had a stressful day, and now he can't shut down at bedtime. Need sleep. To fall asleep fast, millions of people turn to Unisom Sleep Gels. They're non-habit-forming and quickly help you sleep soundly so you wake recharged. Mm. Tom? (sighs) Unisom Sleep Gels. A stressful day deserves a restful night. Use as directed. Active ingredient diphenhydramine hydrochloride. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Edward Brown here along with Bruce McGowan. Bruce, could you please introduce our guest? I'll reintroduce Rich Walkoff, good friend of mine. Uh, Rich and I go back uh, 30-some-odd years when Rich first started working in the Bay Area. Spent about 32 years with KGO All News uh, Talk Radio, and we had a chance to work together for a while. And Rich, it's fun having you on here because, like myself, you went to a lot of games back in the day. And, you know, we talk about the 1980s prior to all the Internet and cable television how much more um, informal it was with uh, with coaches and with athletes. I imagine you had some interesting experiences in that regard. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, accessibility was much more readily attained, and I think, unfortunately, today there are layers and layers of, uh, you know, PR flacks and hacks who stand in the way of journalists trying to get to the story. It's much more managed and choreographed and, 
and limited access. Well, why is that? Is it just because it's much bigger business? Well, it's that stakes are higher, and I think you know teams and leagues feel like they they want to manage the message. They don't want mm-hmm. it unfettered, and and it's sort of emblematic of what's happening in the nation in in the in the larger political arena or in the media realm itself. Uh, so there, there may be more reporters and online journalists, if you will, and I use that word advisedly, and everyone who's got uh, you know, access to the Internet can, can have a blog or a podcast or whatnot. But the access to athletes and their availability has been severely compromised in this new age. You know, it's, it's, well, I was going to say, with regard to what Rich is saying, I, relating to his experience, Back in the 1980s, you had a, a coach that you covered and a team that you covered, the San Francisco 49ers, who were always really guarded with the media. The players themselves weren't so much, but Bill Walsh wanted to manage you know, accessibility. And I know that you had you – know, he was an interesting guy. He turned out to be uh, a great coach but a very complex individual. You know, can you tell us some stories about Bill Walsh that maybe some people might not have been privy to? Because you, you yeah, got well, to know him quite well. Yeah, I sure did. I mean, on the Fortnite or radio broadcast for over 20 years doing the pre- and post-game shows and the sideline reporter for more than 12 years, uh, I had up-close uh, experiences and traveled with the Fortnighters on the team charter 1984, 5, and 6 with only a handful of reporters who were given access uh, to fly with the team. And those were the quintessential glory days. And Bill Walsh would hold a post-game return flight news conference in mid-flight, mid-plane, and share his thoughts after his post-game uh, locker room or podium talk. And there was one game after a, uh, a loss at New England in the wintry game against the Patriots in 86, where I was doing radio and TV interviews in the locker room, and, and I asked a question that, well, he thought it was re- uh, rather facile and he took umbrage at it, and then on the plane ride back, I revisited a question, and he kind of barked at me <laughs> and cut me off, and I was taken aback because I didn't expect to hear that from him. Bill was under a tremendous amount of pressure, a lot of it from Eddie DeBartolo, winning it all in any cost and anything short of a Super Bowl really uh, was not acceptable. And I think, I think Bill felt that pressure, and it kind of spilled over uh, to his dealings with the media. But anyway... Moments after that very tense exchange on the plane, he walked by me. Sitting, at, I was sitting in the seat in, in the middle of the plane, and he and he said, "Apologize." He said, "I owe you one." And Bill, you know, a very very fair-minded guy. I think he realized that he had kind of overreacted at the time and and uh, was looking to make amends. And I, and I was most appreciative of that. But he did have a kind of a testy relationship with the media as many guys in that rarefied air of leadership with the great expectations that came with being the head coach of a storied franchise. I wonder if uh, part of it is because there's so much, like you said, blogs, internet, all that stuff, that's sort of a supply and demand. They're going to be very choosy and, uh, you know, there's too many people out there who have access from that end of it that they're going to be very limited with the access, you know, uh, one-on-one in person. What do you think? Well, I think today... Certainly. I mean, uh, I was on the Niner uh, post-game show as the host, co-host, uh, just two years ago, and the locker room was always slammed with people on the, on the periphery that, you know, whether it's Bay Area sports guy or 
49er-something.com. So you have these, uh, these new entries into the media realm that were not along the conventional path of the newspaper, radio, or TV guys. And so the star players were brought to the podium, but when you go in the locker room, you could have 20, 30 people cramming around uh, an athlete trying to get a comment or two, and invariably there would be one or two media uh, uh, PR guys from the organization who would monitor how long you could talk, one more question, two more questions. So it's, uh, it's kind of, uh, there are layers now. The access to the players is, as I said, more limited, even if there are more people uh, trying to attain the storyline. Yeah, it's interesting. I remember the 1980s so well because I covered a lot of baseball, and one of the guys who always was <laughs> fun to talk to before and after games, more before because he wasn't in a bad mood. If they lost, he was terrible to talk with, was Tommy Lasorda. And I'm sure you remember some stories with him. One time, I'll never forget, we're in the pregame, you know, in his, in his office at Candlestick, and the Dodger beat writers and I were all there, and I'm you know, sitting with the microphone kind of inobtrusively to his left. He's being very candid. This one writer says, you know, Steve Sachs is having a problem throwing the ball. He's made, he's committed five errors this year. Have you thought of uh, sending him to a hypnotist? And Tommy Lasorda just looks at the guy, hypnotist? What are you talking about? He says, well, you know, it worked for Rick Monday back in the day, and, you know, he, he recommended it, actually. He, he thought it might be a good idea. Rick Monday doesn't know what the blank he's talking about. Hypnotist? Hey, why don't I send you to a blanking hypnotist and teach you how to blank and write? You know something? <laughs> yeah. he'll, he'll put you under, turn you into a zombie for an hour. When you come out, you know something? You still can't blank and write. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck is a hypnotist going to And Tommy went on like this, Rich, and, and uh, for hour, for like 20 minutes, he just ragged. He just he loved it. And the media was just eating it up. The guys were laughing. It was all a show. But none of it ever made it to the papers. In those days, you know, you could use the F word, the S word, and nobody would care. But now, you know, any of that stuff gets on the, you know, the Internet guys just love that stuff. Oh, I got 20 likes, well, you yeah. know. Yeah. Lasorda was way over the top. Oh, yeah. So was Frank Robinson. Oh. His contentious feelings with the media that we were both a part of. Yeah. Whitey Herzog oh. flew up at me and a small group of reporters in the visitor's uh, clubhouse, uh, the manager's clubhouse, the, the visitor clubhouse for the manager where his team, the Giants had beaten him like, I don't know, 18 to 2, and he had his back to me when someone asked him a question. He turned around, and my microphone was almost right in his face as he turned to it. He smacked at the microphone and barked at me, and one of the coaches escorted me out as the white rat, as Herzog was known, uh. just went off. I mean, he just yeah. blew up. And, of course, Billy Martin was notorious uh. for that. Lou Pinella, the old school guys, and, and my theory of baseball is, you know, they spend more time with the media than they do with their spouses. <laughs> it's and, true. And, 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 it's and true. That stuff, it just gets so tense and intense, and these guys are a powder keg waiting to blow. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, they're just, oh, my. That's old school stuff, Bruce. That's a generation plus ago. We had a lot of fun, though, doing it, I tell you. Kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, you see these old movies where, you know, talking to the babe and there's like 50 reporters around in the flashes, you know. I don't know, just made yeah. me think about that. Okay, guys, we're going to cut to our first commercial break. Here's our first trivia question. Again, we're talking uh, first 50 years of baseball. The American League Cleveland franchise began in 1901 with another seven teams seven uh, teams for the new American League all right the franchise began with the name of the Blues uh, in 1901 then the Broncos in 1902 
and then the Naps, which for Nap LaJoy, in 1903, before finding the Indians' name in 1915. Who was the first player to steal 50 bases in a season? That's our question. Oh, I, don't know, I don't know why one thing has to do with the other, but yeah. I just thought that was interesting about the Cleveland. Uh, well, you you're, you're giving us a re- frame of reference. What time of the, you know. Yeah. yeah. The okay. Blues, the uh, Broncos, So we're, we're the maybe Naps, talking about a Cleveland Indians. Indian is what you're saying, maybe. Uh, yes. Okay. I would okay. agree that based on the number of years here that we're talking about, it would be a Cleveland Indian okay. player. Cool. All right? All right. So don't touch that, though. You have to email edward at sportsecon101.com the answer to that question. I'm not going to read the whole thing again. Okay. But who was the first guy for Cleveland to, to steal 50 bases? Okay. Don't touch that dial because Sports Econ 101 will be right back. Tired of calls, levies, and liens from the IRS or hiring others who don't get the job done? Call Wall and Associates and you'll never talk to the IRS again. The IRS has a program to eliminate tax debt and Wall and Associates professionals are trained to maximize its benefits for you. You always speak with a live person with real support and real knowledge. We've helped thousands of taxpayers like you settle their tax debt with the IRS for a fraction of what they owe. We solve tax problems. Call Wall and Associates now. 800-480-5708. We have the professionals who know how to solve tax problems. If you owe money to the IRS, your tax problems are not going away by themselves, and the passage of time will only make matters worse. Act now before it's too late. Call Wall and Associates right now to speak to a professional tax relief agent. Call 800-480-5708. That's 800-480-5708. Again, 800-480-5708. Rebuild or replace transmission, $3,200. Anti-lock brake system, $1,000. Rebuild or replace engine, $2,400. Truth is, once your manufacturer's warranty runs out, it's all on you. Every last cent. Get protection for covered repairs with a vehicle service contract from Toco Warranty. Unlike other companies, with Toco, there's no down payment, and the monthly payments are really affordable. Not sure how long you're keeping your car? At Toco, you can pay as you go. Keep your hard-earned cash and call Toco Warranty right now at 800-222-2313 to save big money on covered auto repairs. Prices vary by vehicle, but for about the cost of a tank of gas per month, a Toco plan has your back on expensive covered car repairs. Monthly payments are very affordable. Get your free quote now. Call Toco at 800-222-2313. That's 800-222-2313. 800-222-2313. Cancellation fee may apply. Subject to eligibility. Not available in Missouri and Washington. Waiting period and deductible apply. Coverage provided and administered by Warren Tech Corporation or its affiliates. Not affiliated with any manufacturer or dealership. Visit tocowarranty.com for complete terms and conditions. This family is at home, but they won't be answering the door. They know that the pounding on the door is a process server from the court waiting to hand them foreclosure documents. So instead of enjoying the home they worked so hard to afford, they sit hiding in the dark. Mom, what was that? But it doesn't have to be this way. This family can save their home, but they must act fast. Call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions at 800-274-7312. If you're being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, missed a payment on your mortgage, been a victim of a predatory loan, or are upside down on your home, it's critical that you call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions now. 800-274-7312. Allied State Foreclosure Solutions has an attorney in your area that will meet and speak with you. You can stop the foreclosure. 
foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, save your home and your credit. But you must act now. Call 800-274-7312. 800-274-7312. Not available in all states. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. I'm Edward Brown along with Bruce McGowan. Our first trivia question was, the American League Cleveland franchise began in 1901 with another seven teams for the new American League. The franchise began with the name of the Blues in 1901, then the Broncos in 1902. <clears throat> Excuse me. And no, then, you said you weren't going to read this back to us. Well, not, I, I, <laughs> I, not not before we went to the break. To, to okay, I'm just, I'm just giving you a hard okay, time. Yeah, you thank know you. I like to do that. Oh, yes, of course. And the Naps for Napa Joy <laughs> in 1903. Yeah. Before finding point, how do you, that's like the Browns being named for Paul Brown. Yeah, that's you know? right. That's right. Uh, bef- uh, before finding the Indians name in 1915. Question, who was the first player to steal 50 bases in a season? The Indians. Hey, you got that one, Rich? I'm I'm kind of probing. Uh, I have no idea. Was Tris be- Speaker in that day? Yeah, maybe it was Tris Speaker. He played for the Did Indians. Did he play for the Indians? Is there a Hall of Famer? Is this a Hall of Famer? No. Well, I wouldn't know then. I don't know if Rich would know. No, I but wouldn't. you know the name, though. Ray Chapman. Oh, the only player who was actually killed. Yeah. By, uh, what was he the guy's name? By, uh, Carl Mays. Yeah, a pitcher Carl, who had a crazy Carl Mays. Carl Mays, Carl Mays yeah, that yeah. kind of submarine hit him in the head. Yeah, and that was before. And after that, players started wearing some players started wearing helmets. Not yeah. too many of them still didn't wear. You know, helmets were not even required in baseball until 1962, and then they weren't even helmets; they were liners inside the hat. That's amazing. That's Willie crazy. Mays told me a story. He said that he got he almost got hit in the head a couple times, and finally Alvin Dark told him, "Look, we can't afford to lose you, Willie. We're just a liner. Would you please?" So in 1962, he started wearing a liner. How many times did he get hit in the head? That's like hockey goalies not wearing masks. Can you believe that? That's crazy. Well, apparently, and again, I don't know if this is true, but the story with the Carl Mays thing is that, you know, the – where the sun was shining and, and how scuffed up the ball was, yeah. uh, you know, it just it was just was almost impossible to see. He was a star player. The interesting thing is Cleveland went on and won the World Series that year. They've only won two World Series, that one in 1948, and that was – they won it. It was kind of like win one for Chappie. You know, that's what they yeah. said, and they did. Wow. Yeah. So uh, staying on baseball for just a minute, Kyle Schwarber – Kind of a sent sort of the like minors. Yeah. What, do you, what do you think of that, Rich? That doesn't surprise me because a young player like him, he probably just needs to get straightened out and maybe get some work down there. But a guy like we've talked about, Stephen Vogt, maybe the end of the line for him. You know, he's had a good yeah, career, but yeah. it's uh, I don't know. But well, the A's are in perpetual transition yeah. because it's always recycling the old and in with the new. And anybody who's of any value once they hit impending free agency, you know they're going to be dealt or or whatnot. So Vote is in, uh, what is he, 32, 33 years old. Yeah. They've got Bruce Maxwell, the catcher yeah. they want for the future, along with uh, Fegley. So uh, Stephen Vote, the odd man out. But, you know, that A's team ought to be sued for uh, breach of contract, uh, violating the, the ethics of Major League Baseball. They're supposed to put the money back in the organization and the Robin Hood plan to and also the uh, sue them for uh, not being entertaining enough. You know, <laughs> Actually, the A's, are, you know, the A's. In fairness, the A's they are weak defensively. They're pitching. They've had a lot of injuries, and as you mentioned, they have recycled players. But they have, they're a fun team to watch. They have some good players. Uh, Chad Pinder. I love this uh, Yonder Alonso. Uh, you know, they've got they've got some decent hope. The Giants are the team. I think it's just going to really struggle for a while. Uh, here in the Bay Area, they are just literally an awful, well, they, awful the team. The Giants have the deep pockets, and they've paid so yeah. much money to Brandon Elf and a couple of other guys. Uh, yeah. But I'm talking about the A's taking the $30 million from baseball's yeah. uh, you know, uh, program to benefit the, the smaller market teams and not reinvesting it into the 
organization. Their payroll, what, third lowest in all third, of these? Yeah. Now, hasn't that, uh, that whole thing stopped, though, Rich, uh, as of this year? I think it stopped, and that's one of the reasons why the A's are even cheaper, because they're not getting subsidized anymore. So well, not as much. I think it's being phased, yeah. phased out. I'm not, I'm not as... Uh, it's amazing when you think about it. The A's are going to be the one team left standing in the East Bay in a few years. The, the Raiders will be in Vegas. The Warriors will be over here on the west side of the Bay in San Francisco. And I wonder if the A's are going to win over the city of Oakland. Uh, they're going to have to build a new ballpark because it's just not working in that Coliseum. Well, it, yeah, it's, it's the only multi-sport, uh, multi-sport stadium left. In yeah. all of the, the major leagues. That's true. I mean, what would it tear it down and rebuild it there? Because where know. else can you build you know, it? I just, well, they talk about Howard Terminal downtown. They talk yeah. about Laney College. I just don't see those areas as being viable. The Coliseum is a great spot. Yeah, for BART and you you know, know, for transportation. Yeah. If you have a good that. team and it's only baseball, I think they can thrive there. But they've got to get new new uh, attitude in terms of the way that they're managed because well, right now it's a joke. Well, one of the things I wanted to bring up about Carl Schwarber, I love that name, Schwarber. Schwarber. I, it reminds me of Schwarber. It's a good which, German name, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a Deutsch. It fits well with bagels yeah. and locks, Schwarber. Yeah, that's why the, the Chicagans like him so much. Ah, okay. Almost, yeah. So how does it – and I haven't seen his contract. They're probably right. all different. But right. um, when a guy gets sent down to the minors – does he still get paid? Oh yeah, the, the same yeah. amount. Well, he's not or, making a huge amount anyway. Rich, what is a guy like Kyle Schwarber making? He's been in the league. I, well, a, the major league minimum, I think, that, for a, a second, third, about third year player, yeah. a few hundred thousand, four four hundred thousand. No, he yeah, keeps getting that money, but he's not eligible for free agency for another four or five years. And there's so many times you can send a guy down, option him down. Yeah. So. You know, he missed almost all last season with that ACL and made the amazing comeback in the World Series. hit so well. He's scuffling, and rather than uh, striking out a ton of times when the game's on the line, let's find his rhythm down in, in the minors. <laughs> a lot of great players have been sent to the minor leagues in their careers and uh, and have bounced back. And, so, and what, what is it? The, they just have... Specialized coaches down there? No, you're seeing uh, you're seeing easier hitting. I think I mean, it's. I think you're seeing easier pitching. I think also, you know, you go down there to work it. on certain things, and and hopefully you have you know somebody gives you a little extra instruction. But I think it's just no pressure on a guy. He goes down there and he f- figures it out again because in the minor leagues you're not going to run into top line pitching, and you know most guys go down there and they don't struggle. But some guys do, and then they really have problems. But uh, you know, life is unfair. He'll be back. <laughs> like Schwarzenegger, I'll be back. I'll be back. Uh, yes, I'll be back. Right. And then, yeah, go ahead. I'm I was going to say, uh, shifting over here to uh, Derek Carr, just uh, signed a big extension, yeah. didn't he? That rascal, five year, 125 million. What'd you think of that, Rich? 125. Is he worth that much? You think? Well, there are some quarterbacks in the league making 20 million who can't carry his jock. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> why not? I mean, Derek Carr, a huge upside. Uh, he's probably a top 10 quarterback in the league now, but it's not only what he's done, what he's continued to grow to do after three seasons, he's now the highest paid player in the NFL, uh, just edging ahead of Andrew Luck. Yeah. Uh, and, hey, the Raiders are uh, <laughs> riding him, and, and now they've, they've given him some weapons and great protection. you got Marshawn Lynch. you got I, I think they got Jared Cook at tight end. They did, yeah. He had no production at tight end to speak of last year yeah. to go along with Crabtree and um, – and Amari and, uh, Cooper, great, yeah. yeah. I, hope, I hope his leg is better. Who's that? Oh yeah, Derek oh, yeah. Carr. Yeah, well, it was a clean break. <laughs> I think the thing of him, he's only what twenty six years old, Rich. He's not, you know, he's yeah. just hitting his peak years. And he's so committed, and he's so locked in, and yeah. Yeah. he's a quintessential leader, and he, he's got the, the, the total package. I mean, outside of Aaron Rodgers and, and Tom Brady, 
with a game on the line. And how about this fourth quarter comeback? Yeah, yeah. they had four of them, last, four or five of them last year. Yeah, that's a sad thing. Record. Sad thing though is the Raiders will be gone in a couple of years, but maybe they'll win it before they go. That would be kind of odd to have them win it and then move. But then they did that before in 1980, and then oh, yeah, they moved two right. years later to LA. Yeah. So you know straight. how it would be ironic if they had a parade and just. Parade right from Oakland to Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> and now, is his uh, his contract? I mean, the way those contracts are, what is it, half guaranteed? I mean, oh, they, they, get, they get signing bonuses that are guaranteed, but no football contract that guarantees beyond the year you're playing, yeah. unless you have a, a career-ending injury during you know, in football. Then, then that money is is, is uh, you, you do get compensated. But that's the nature of it. So you see guys signing $30, $40, 50000000 million contract that half of it is up front in the bank when they sign it because it is such a variable on yeah. health and, and ability to stay on the field. And it's kind of interesting about you know timing and luck, about you know when you have an extension coming up, if you have a good year the year before. You know, all these things kind of... Yeah, yeah. Being on the right team, too. I mean, yeah. Derek Carr was on some... The Raiders were awful. I think they went 0-11 in his first 11 starts, and... You know, if you get in a system and the right coach and, and the right uh, protections he was getting, I mean, man, it's like Rich was saying with a guy like a, a, a Drew Brees or a Brett Favre who gets in that right system. I had Brett Favre, the fortunate thing for him, uh, or I should say Aaron Rodgers, I'm thinking of Green Bay, was that Aaron Rodgers got to sit and watch Brett Favre perform and learn from this guy Whereas some other quarterbacks, you know, were thrown into the fray. Yeah. I mean, look at Alex Smith. He's had a decent career, but, man, his first couple of years, he got beat around like a pinata. Well, Steve Young well, from Well, it was Montana. like Troy Aikman. And, yeah. Yeah, Steve That's, Young in Tampa. Yeah. Or, hey, look, look, look back at Marcus Russell, who uh, stole $60 million and sadly was in, involved in all that purple drank and his issues off the field. What happened to him, Rich? What, what, what's going on well, with him? Well, you know, he tried to make a comeback a couple of years ago, and – that didn't pan out, and now obviously that 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 door is closed. But the NFL changed the rules on the rookie salary, introducing the rookie salary cap soon thereafter because rookies were getting compensated at exorbitant levels, higher than established proven veterans. So there is now a cap on rookie salaries because Jamarcus Russell blew through a thirty million guaranteed and I think sixty million overall. Wow! Is, isn't there some years. kind of like restraint of trade, for, you know, or fair trade practices and stuff? Well, when it's negotiated through the union and the Na- National Football League Players Association was advocating that, because with a salary cap, there's only so much revenue. There's only so much. I know, but it's it's still on. And when it comes down to it, it's price fixing. It, well, it's right? regulation, and here's here's yeah. why it's it, it, it's allowed. Because the veteran players were getting less, the smaller pieces of the pie when the rookies were getting more money. Gotcha. So there was only sixty or seventy million dollars per team in the cap. Mm. Then rookies were getting an inordinate. Well, that's only be- that's only because you know the owners were willing to, to pay it. Of course, they could do price well, fixing the, the other way. The owners get together and say, "Listen, nobody's going to make more than a hundred grand a year. Done." Well, okay, okay. Hey, Rick, stay, Rich, stay with, with us. We got to cut to another break here. Trivia question number two. The Pittsburgh Pirate franchise began in 1882 as the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Alleghenies until they changed their name to the Pirates in 1891. Who was the first player to hit more than 30 triples in a season for the franchise, which would be a major league record that would last for over 50 seasons? Wow. All right, that's our trivia question. And don't touch that dial because Sports Econ 101 is going to be right back.
How would you like to earn over 8% per year in your investment portfolio in a conservative investment that has been considered one of the best-kept secrets in investing? At Pacific Private Money, we are actually paying over 8%. Imagine what a mutual fund of low loan-to-value mortgages would look like. Well, that is very similar to what participating in the Pacific Private Money Fund is like because we own many loans in the fund that are actually less than 60% loan-to-value. It would be extremely difficult to find an investment that yields over 8% with this much collateral. We pay you monthly. Can you imagine earning more in one month than most banks are paying in one year? Of course you have questions about how we can deliver this. So call Pacific Private Money at 415-883-2150 and we will answer all of your questions. You can also visit us at PacificMoneyFund.com. Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit one quick three-minute phone call that's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number 800-603-0885 800-603-0885 that's 800-603-0885 the Lodge at Tiburon is steps from the ferry docks and nestled among Tiburon's upscale boutiques, charming cafes, and unique galleries. Dine at the award-winning Tiburon Tavern, serving innovative dishes prepared with ingredients grown in our very own gardens. Starting from $199 a night, join us at the Lodge at Tiburon and create long-lasting memories. For reservations, call 1-877-614-6068. Join us at the Lodge at Tiburon or go to lodgeattiburon.com. At the Home Depot, we're pouring more into paint. And right now, we're giving more to pros, as in gold status for the week, June 19th through the 25th. We're giving pros 20% off all pro-grade paints, stains, and primers from top brands like Bear and Kills. Savings like that, you can take to the bank, literally. Unbelievable quality, unbeatable prices. And for a limited time, gold status for pros at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Must enter Pro Extra phone number at checkout for discount. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. <laughs> I was just giving, I was giving uh, our friend here a hard time because uh, my boss, former boss, and I won't mention his name, used to say, never when you go to a break say we'll be right back. You know, always forward promote. We don't want to lose our ears. Well, that's why I told people don't touch that dial. Yes, that's okay. right. There you go. Here was our second trip. Besides, people want to know the answer to these that's trivia questions. Right. We don't have time for this silliness. That's right. Okay, the Pittsburgh Pirate franchise began in 1882 as the Pittsburgh uh, Pittsburgh Alleghenies. I was there. You were there until they changed their name to the Pittsburgh Pirates in 1891. Who was the first player to hit more than 30 triples in a season for the franchise, which would be a major league record that would last for over 50 seasons? I think I'm guessing it was Hall of Famer Hans Wagner. No, Honest Wagner. How about Roberto Clemente? Ah. No. Um, is this no, this is going way no, back? No, right? no, actually, Hall no. Hall of Famer? Um, 
No, I don't think so. Would I recognize his name? You you probably would. Okay, I would, well, go I ahead. Would. Mention his name. Chief Wilson. No, never heard of him. Never heard of him. Yeah, 36. Well, he, must have, he, must have been a, he must have been a Native American because they, they would sometimes, they, unfortunately, they have real derogatory towards Native Americans. Chief Wilson and But I think you know, that's why, I, and if Myers, I'm not mistaken, they, well, most uh, American Indians who played in the major leagues were called Chief. And, and I think that's, if I'm not mistaken, probably, I think that's why the Indians got their name. Could he, be. He may have played for the could Indians be. at one point. Could be. Interesting. All right. All right. So, Rich, uh, you were uh, uh, not chastising me, but you were correcting me off the air. And now I'm going to allow you to correct me on the air. <laughs> no, just to amplify the point that you said, why don't the owners just get together and say, we're not going to pay more than a certain specified figure in salaries to rookies so they wouldn't risk the, uh, the loss of you know, multi-millions on a player that didn't pan out. Well, that is what we would know legally as collusion. Yeah, of course it's illegal. We know that, but that doesn't <laughs> stop people. But but the thing right. is, the players though are doing price fixing. That's where the price fixing comes in because they're saying we're going this is what we're going to demand for our services and nobody's allowed to play for less than this or, you know, that sort of thing. And well, I know they have negotiated a in the collective yeah. bargaining agreement by the players association which represents the, the union rank and file and by the owners who represent management i say bust the union (laughs) (laughs) well the nfl union is not very effective to begin with compared to the nba and major league baseball oh my god why is that too many players well i let rich answer that because i think you have a better uh fix on it than i do rich i have my own ideas but i'd like to hear your your uh reflection on that the first thing is the players in the nfl the average career is only three and a half years that's true good point Uh, that that mitigates things secondly there are many more football players than there are in basketball or baseball because you have 52 on a roster Mm. uh and you know maybe it's you know they've done pretty well for themselves most leagues now provide almost 50 percent of revenues to players salaries and that's you know that's almost across the board in the NBA, Major League Baseball, and the and the NFL. So I think there's, you know, there's more equitable distribution of wealth, if you will, in that sense, because it's a symbiotic relationship. The players yeah. don't have anything without a league. The league doesn't have anything without the players. Good point. Uh, and, and I think in many respects they've come to an understanding there. I wish we could have more of that understanding on a larger political scale, <laughs> as opposed to what we have in the in the major sports in our country. Yeah, that's a good yeah the, th- the here's the and this is kind of goes sort of beyond sports, but you know these people who kind of chastise people who start a company and build it up and, and make a lot of money, and it's like, yeah, but you know what? A lot of these people they put their houses and their lives on the line to build whatever company, be it a call, be it Facebook or some other company, and you know if things go bet down. Do they get to go to all the employees and go, you know what, we need all those salaries back for the last 10 years? <laughs> no. The owner takes all the risk on yeah, that. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah, sure, but that's a, that's a talk for another time. I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which, for the, for the uh, listening audience out there, I'm the only conservative one of the three of us here. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You <laughs> Trump guy. <laughs> I got the red hat, though. See, I got the red hat with the R. <laughs> As if you had to elucidate that point. Yeah, yes, that, yeah yes, that's yes, right. Yes. <laughs> hey, you know, I'd love to get back. I, before, we don't have a whole lot of time, but I, I do have a quick story, and I'd like to hear if you guys have good ones, too. My first encounter with a major league manager, believe it or not, was back in 1975 when Herman Franks was managing the Cubs, and I went in to do an interview. Well, not an interview. I went in to you know hear his post-game remarks, and it was after the Giants won. I think Pete Falcone was pitching, so this is going way back. This is 1975. And he's sitting there in his office, and there are a couple of beat writers, older guys, and myself with my little tape recorder, and he's 
got his uh, jersey still on, but he doesn't. He's not wearing anything below the waist. He has no underpants, nothing. He's he's, he's sitting behind a desk, and you know, in full view of us, and he's scratching his you know his privates. <laughs> and so when we finished the uh, we finished talking to him. He looks over. And he goes, "What's your name, young man?" I I said, uh, "You know, I mentioned my name." And he he reaches over. He's been scratching his balls, you know, letting me know what where he put. Putting, he reaches over to give me a handshake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, and he goes. You know what he says, he says, "Welcome to the big leagues." Kid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this was my introduction. Rich, did you ever have anything crazy like that happen to you? Uh, no, thankfully, most of the guys uh, didn't offer a hand after uh, a scrub of the private. Yeah. I guess the, the most contentious interview that I had, and you were there, Bruce, when Barry Bonds in the oh yeah five in the visitors' clubhouse in the return from the from the strike ninety four yeah. strike lockout with no World Series, I asked Barry in, in what appeared initially to be a very, you know, fluffy, light, easy interview as a Giants are trying to pump up the return of baseball in the spring of 95. I said, do you feel like you owe the fans an apology for the, the loss of the World Series and no baseball at the end of 94? And he goes, he, he just attacked me. I don't know anybody, nothing. And he was very over the top and his defiance and anger that I even, even would suggest such a thing. Such to deign such a thing, yeah. Oh, remember, I, when I told Larry Bear, then I think the VP, I said, Larry, your boy just went off. That's going to be the headline on, on the radio tomorrow morning on KGO. He goes, wait, 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 right there. And he, <laughs> he brought Barry over, and he, I tried to play mediator, and Barry and I then spoke further, and he said, you know, I kept a scrapbook of all the negative things written about me from my Pittsburgh days, and I get very sensitive about that. He was claiming all this racial, you know, stuff that he endured, and, and I'm sure it's true. But when Barry was so thin-skinned about any inference that uh, he was at all, you know, responsible for what had happened and got very, very aggressive in his uh, defense of that, and then when I stood my ground, it, it, like he backed off. So a lot of times uh, these alpha, super alpha dog athletes, mm-hmm. When you when you meet fire with fire, you earn the respect, and, and in that sense, I, I I would give Barry his due for not, you know, for backing off and for for being a little more reasonable in the mm. aftermath of that, and realizing I wasn't trying to be a yellow journalist or a, you know <laughs> just try to throw agitate him. him yeah, yeah. But I, you know, it's, it's, I'm trying to think of where Barry and I, I don't live in in his skin, okay. But I'm trying to think. I mean, his dad was Bobby Bonds, so it's not like he was just some you know poor kid out of the ghetto who you know. No, but his but his father was an alcoholic who was verbally and psychologically abusive, and you know Barry has a lot of issues revolving around. Gotcha. That. But I mean, where's the rage? I I I mean, I never know. He just kind of I, I think Barry just always had uh, a bug up his butt. I hate to use that a term. Chip on his shoulder. Chip on his shoulder about the media. I think he felt, as Rich pointed out, whenever there was any kind of inference that you know he'd be criticized, and Rich and, and, and the way the I'm a, I was there when Rich asked the question, it was not a critical question. Just like you know, don't you guys feel responsibility? Is there you know, do you feel like you owe the fans an apology? And he didn't like the way Rich probably presented the question. He's very sensitive well, about that. He was Rich, a, you're, you're a very in, uh, in, in towering uh, personality oh, yeah. and uh, very intimidating. No. <laughs> no, not, not that I'm intimidating, but I can get under people's skin, and I didn't really care. I want to be respected, not liked, and I wanted to feel like I was asking the questions that I thought the audience and the fans wanted to have asked. That's yeah. true. That I was, was always my agenda. Uh, well, I was called the Badger by Shelley Smith when <laughs> she was writing in the Examiner. That's funny. Ago. 
and it, the and badger. It, and I'll wear that with a badger of honor. That <laughs> is fun. You know, I have a, a similar experience with, with Reggie Jackson. His last game as an Oakland A he got a game winning hit, and I remember Hal Ramey and I went up to him. We were the first ones to talk with him, and I said. So yeah, that was quite a way to finish uh, finish the day. And he goes, "Yeah, it felt really good. It felt really felt really nice." I said, "So uh, you're last at bat in the major leagues, and you get a hit." And he goes, "Last at bat." I said, "Well, you know, you're retiring, aren't you?" He goes, "I will announce when I'm retiring. Not to you. You're a nice fellow, but I'll announce it to when I, I have a purpose, a reason for that." Oh, I can understand. I can appreciate. It. Thank you. As soon as I decide to make the announcement, you but the bur- the first MF I call. <laughs> <laughs> now the thing is, had he. Like, did you just have an inkling, or was it just rumors that he was going to retire? No, no, he actually he had made the, he had made it known that he was going to retire after the season. And well, it was, then, it you, was then the last that's game. what you got to tell him. Say, well, well you yeah. made it known. That's why yeah. I said it. Yeah, well, you know, he just was teasing me. He didn't want to, you know, because <laughs> he knew it was time to. And he did announce his retirement. But uh, did you ever have any dealings with Reggie, uh, Rich? Oh my goodness, sure did. And I was a rookie reporter in '75, like you, Bruce. We're the same age and the same, uh, you know, path in our careers, forty plus years. Or so, and yeah, Reggie would bite your head off. My goodness, he was so contentious with the media. Where are you from? Who do you represent? <laughs> just one of the most intimidating presences. But there's a lot of there's a lot of things we could say about Reggie. Uh, it's a family show, uh, so I won't I won't go there. But he really personified the uh, the contentious, arrogant, officious athlete who just you know his own you know what didn't stink and he. And who are you to question or, or judge him? <laughs> yeah, that that was Reggie all over. Yeah, you know, you had an experience with Jerry Rice. I remember you talked about this earlier. That was not a, a pleasant one. What, what? Where did that uh, have its origins? Oh, Bruce, you were dredging up all hell. <laughs> you know, Jerry and I were on great terms for many years, and he had that unfortunate incident of post uh, ACL surgery. He was uh, rehabbing his knee and missing the action and. There was a bust at a massage parlor in the South Bay, and Jerry was caught in the bathroom, locked in the bathroom when the police arrived, and he claimed that he was set up by teammates, and he had never been there before, and he knew nothing about the impropriety. Yeah, because he was a family man, wasn't he? Married with a couple of kids? Well, yes, he's a family man, and you leave it at that. Uh, he, he, but I called him up. I had his home number doing morning drive radio at KGO, and I was going to ask him on the record what had happened and let him tell his side of the story. And he said, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time, but I don't really want to talk about it, and uh, I'll get back to you. Well, he never got back to me, and I simply said, Jerry said he was in the wrong place at the wrong time, and I never really cast aspersions. That's one of the things when you're working at the flagship station for a major franchise, you have to tread very carefully. And uh, it was it was outrageous enough that we reported the story. Well, soon thereafter, I saw Jerry at training camp in the off season, and he was jumping up and down like he wanted to come after me. And the PR people had to intercede, and he was very upset that I had even reported what the police had reported that he was in the presence of these people who were busted at this massage parlor masquerading as a legitimate business, and, and it wasn't. Uh, months later, I'm on the sideline on Jerry Rice Day when the Chicago Bears had held him to like three catches for 12 yards, and Terrell Owens caught 20 or more passes, an NFL record, and I'm the sideline reporter, and he comes off the field, and he looks at me, and he goes, you smile at me, and you rip me behind my back, and I... I engaged him and said, Jerry, anytime you want to come on the radio. And I said, what am I doing in the middle of the game? So I backed away, but the talk show opened up after the game, 
And I said I couldn't believe in the middle of a blowout win on Jerry Rice Day, the 49ers star receiver would literally walk away from the game. He did it in the middle of a huddle. He walked away and was glaring at me on the field in a Monday night game. And I, I, I called him out on that. And uh, one caller questioned me and said, uh, what are you going to do? What's really going on between you and <laughs> and I And I retold the story. That's a great story. Him at that massage parlor. And Jerry was listening to it in the parking lot Uh-oh. after the game. And he called and threatened. He called KGO and wow. have attorneys, and he uh, and he threatened a lawsuit and whatnot. Hey, Rich. Hey, Rich, oh. right, wait, hold, hold on. Oh, get, we got to cut to this break, okay? We want you to just finish that up when we come back. Stay with us two seconds. Quick, quick last question here. The Philadelphia Athletics of the early National Association was not connected to the new Philadelphia Athletics of the American League in 1901. In 50 seasons of Philadelphia's AL team, who led the team with the most career wins? All right, that's our question. Do you know that one? Don't touch that dial. Sports Ecom 101 will be right back. Okay. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next? Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. 1-800-316-1738. Are you a business owner or an individual who owes the IRS? Then be prepared to write down an important phone number. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? Do you need to file back tax returns? Are you dealing with bank levies and wage garnishments? It's time to deal with your IRS problem today. Call Certified Tax Tax Representation now. Certified Tax Tax Representation, Inc. represents clients just like you in all 50 states. They will contact the IRS on your behalf the same day that you become a client, and you can become a client immediately. It's time for you to face your IRS problems. Think about how great you're going to feel when you're represented by a company who's an advocate for you, who knows the law, who also will contact the IRS the same day you become a client. Call today for your free, no-obligation consultation. Call now, 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Not all cases are typical and some may not qualify. The consultation is free and so is the call, so call right now. 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. 
you only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Last trivia question. The Philadelphia Athletics of the early 19... Uh, the, the National Association was not connected to the new A's of the American League of 1901. In 50 seasons of Philadelphia's AL team, who led the team with the most career wins? I'm going to say Cy Young. Uh, that's what I would have thought, too. But yeah. I, uh, you don't think he played for Philadelphia. Okay. Eddie Plank. Eddie Plank. Well, who okay. was part of that great Connie Mack group of teams. So yep. with Chief Bender and... Uh, Again, another know. Chief. Yeah, there you go. So, Rich, finish off your Jerry Rice story, and then we'll let you go. Well, you know, the fallout was pretty severe. Four downers kind of cinched in. Dave Joe and contract negotiations. I didn't do many four sideline games from that point forward. <laughs> so, the, the uh, you know, the old thing about being careful where you, uh, uh, how you call the shots, journalism and, uh, and, and the flagship stations that you represent aren't always aligned in perfect harmony. Let's put it that gotcha. way. Rich Wolkoff, thank you so much for joining us again on Sports Econ 101. We'll catch you again. Okay. All right. Bye. All right. There you go. Good guy. Good, guy. good, good, okay. good stories to tell. Yeah, Jerry, I didn't realize Jerry was after him that badly. Oof. Oof. That's not, not fun. Okay, here's our quotes for the day. Jackie Joyner Kersey said, age is no barrier. Isn't it's- she dead now? I think she hmm. is. Did she die? Yeah, no. I think she did. Really? Yeah. It's a limitation. Oh, who is the guy? Oh, Flojo. 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 Flojo died. Yeah, yeah. Flojo died. Uh, so she says, it's a limitation you put on your mind. What, no, what's the quote okay, again? The, uh, age is no barrier. Ah, it's right. a limitation you put yeah, on I your mind. I said that when I was catching my wave today. There you go, exactly. Yeah. And Muhammad Ali said, in fact, yeah, you guys were so old, I was going to ask you about your interviews with Cap Anson, but I forgot. <laughs> Cap okay, Anson. and uh, Muhammad Ali said, it isn't the mountains ahead to climb that wear you out, it's the pebble in your shoe. Oh, that's true. Pretty good from Very Muhammad good. Ali. Yeah, he's a smart now, guy. Now, he died. He died recently, <laughs> he did. yeah, like okay. two years ago. Yeah, about two years ago. Right yeah. during the yeah, it was during the Warriors' first uh, championship run. I remember they had a moment of silence for it. Oh, during that's game, right. Game two, I yeah. do remember that. Yeah. Well, on that note, we're going to say goodbye, Bruce. Till next thank week. Till next week. Uh, same bat channel, same bat station. That's it. Yeah. Tune in next week to Sports Econ 101. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective and asking more sports trivia questions. And give it away. No, eh, no, no, not yet. <laughs> Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm your host, Edward Brown. We'll see you next week. Good night, America. So long.